Welcome everyone to a podcast that has no name yet. My name is Food Fight Troy. This is Crypto Tebow. We're going to go over sports bet picks for college football. Last week, Crypto Tebow went 2-1-1. One, and one. The week before, he went 4-1. and one. And we're going to go over those picks from last week and then dive into picks for this week. If you want to make some free-ass money, go ahead and follow those picks. This is not financial advice. So let's go over last week's picks, Crypto. Uh, what's up, guys? Crypto Tebow. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, you know I went 4-1 in the first week. Second week, 2-1-1. One, one. Still a winning record, uh, but that was a tough week. Really tough couple of games there. The push was tough and the L was tough. So we're going to get into that, and I'm going to explain why I think I won the games I did and why I think I lost the games I did. But I also do want to stress your first point, which is this is not financial advice by any means. Um, I'm throwing money that like I don't give a shit about on these games, like money I can afford to lose. And then I'm just kind of like spitballing with you guys how I feel about these teams. Like definitely do not take my word as gospel. I'm like just a fucking like I'm just a degenerate. I'm not like a professional handicapper. I'm not getting paid for this shit. Like, this is just for fun, so just keep that in mind. No, we're just here sitting in Crypto Tebow's basement, shooting the shit, talking about college football. So let's talk about those losses from last week. Yeah, so the first one I want to talk about is the one that I talked about the most in my Twitter spaces from last week, which was Florida minus five. Florida didn't even win that game. They lost outright. And the reason was 100% Anthony Richardson, and that is super heartbreaking for me because I said in my spaces even last week that I think the primary reason they are guaranteed to cover is Anthony Richardson. And then he turned out to be guaranteed the reason that they lost. So, I mean, that was like not only embarrassing, but absolutely heartbreaking, especially as a Florida fan, which is another thing you need to keep in mind. When I'm betting on Florida, there's a little bit of bias because uh, I'm a huge Gators fan. We're legit sitting in Florida foldy chairs that you put on your lawn. So, yeah, I would say there's a little bit of bias. Dude, I have like a stupid amount of Gators merch in the crib. It's like borderline embarrassing. So keep that in mind. But um, Anthony Richardson, I just want to say that was some of the most embarrassing shit I've ever seen. And I would like to knock his fucking teeth out. But I'm not any lower on him as a quarterback in terms of my expectations. I think he choked really hard in a high leverage situation. Um, I do have to give some credit to Kentucky and their defense. Just incredible preparation for a guy like AR-15. I mean, I don't know how you prepare for a guy like that. And I said that last week on Spaces. I, I just don't think any team knows what to do with this guy. Kentucky knew what to do with this guy. So props to Kentucky there. Um, but yeah, that loss hurt really bad. I was very confident in AR-15, and I said that that was my strongest lean because of AR-15, so that uh, that sucked. I had a lot of money on that game, took a huge L. Um, that did not feel good, but the rest of the day did feel good, um, so let's talk about that. Arkansas minus seven, that was probably the most enjoyable game to watch for me because not only did they blow them out, and it was it looked close at certain times, but if you were really watching that game and you know how Arkansas plays, it was never close. Like the score may have been close, or it may have looked like South Carolina was going to jump back in. It was never going to happen. KJ Jefferson was in control. He was doing whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. 
Like there were times where you could kind of tell he wasn't trying his hardest, even though the game wasn't over and they didn't have it on lock. Because he was like, whatever, I can turn it up to 100 whenever I need to. And he's that dude. He's that guy in college football that I thought Anthony Richardson was going to be. I still think he can be. But K.J. Jefferson really is that dude. And he ran this game, controlled this game, and just dominated um, South Carolina, who's not a bad team. Um, And people who were high on Spencer Rattler, I mean, dude, you're high on something else, too, if you're high on Spencer Rattler, because that kid is fucking ass, dude. There's a reason Nebraska ditched his ass. I mean, he just looked like trash even at South Carolina. It's just, I think that dude is one of the biggest flops in like the history of college football. But yeah, that was a great win. Easy win. Super fun to watch Arkansas dominate that team. Anytime you're watching a game and you just know you're going to make money at the end of the day, it's a, it's a good game to watch. So let's talk about the actual close game that you put money on. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and talk about this without getting really fucking mad. Because this was absolute horseshit. Anybody who watched this game, I'm so sorry if you pushed with me. Because this was fucking like an emotional roller coaster, dude. North Carolina was up, I want to say 21-10 at halftime. And it looked like they had this game locked up. The one thing you have to worry about consistently with North Carolina is their defense. You just never know if they can stand up. Offensively, they look great. Uh, Drake May looks great. Um, The running backs look great. But what you never know is after they score a touchdown, like, is the other team just going to come right back? Nine times out of ten, I think they are. But had 21-10 lead at halftime. In the fourth quarter, they were up by a touchdown the whole time. The defense comes up with three big stops, which, again, is not characteristic of North Carolina defense to get three stops in a row. Any and college football team getting three stops in a row in the fourth quarter is pretty, pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy, and it's a million times more crazy for this North Carolina defense, which is, like, complete and total ass. Like, they're so bad. Like, I actually thought that I was going to lose the bet because I was like, there's no way they can get them, like, three stops back to back to back. But they did it, and then the offense choked on all three attempts to capitalize. So that was just kind of heartbreaking because, like, you feel good being up by seven, and you know you're pushing, so at least you're not going to lose the bet. And it feels okay to like push, but having three attempts to not push and then watching them all fail. I mean, dude, you just want to like fucking punch the screen. That shit sucked, but um, it was what it was. A push is a push. And I'll take that over an L any day. So like you, you look at my record for this week and it says two, one and one, because technically I have to classify that as a push and not a win, but I will take my money back over losing the amount of money I had on that fucking game. <laughs> Uh, any day. So to me, a push, I, I just don't count that as a loss. I kind of count it as a win, but technically it's a push, so we'll call it that. Yeah, no one wants to hear about your pushes. They want to hear about your wins. Yeah, which is unfortunate, and kind of everything about that game is unfortunate. But anyways, last one, Tennessee. Best game of the week. Best game of the week. Absolutely electric game to watch. Tennessee versus Pitt. I mean, it was just... That pit crowd was insane. The pit defense was fired up. It was, I mean, this is a team that's still fired up off of what they were last year, off of Kenny Pickett, off of what it looks like this program is becoming. Um, and they have a great defense. They kept a lot of pieces of that pit team. And this spread was Tennessee minus six for that reason. A lot of people, I got a lot of shit for picking Tennessee minus six because people were like, dude, it's Pitt. Like, Pitt is Pitt. 
You saw the way Pitt played last year. They don't need Kenny Pickett to be Pitt. And to those people that were commenting like on Twitter and whatnot, I was like, yes, they do need Kenny Pickett to be Pitt. Uh, like, without Kenny Pickett, Pitt is not Pitt. And we saw that this was their first real test, in my opinion. Uh, they played West Virginia. That was a close game. But West Virginia is ass, which is just even more proof to what I'm trying to say, which is that Pitt is ass. That's but, a hot take. No one's going to take that well. Yeah, I know it's a hot take, and it's going to piss a lot of people off. And it already did when I made this Tennessee pick. But the thing is, Tennessee dominated that game on both sides of the ball. Offensively, they were bigger. They were more dominant. They had more skill, more talent everywhere. Quarterback, receivers, running back, where, wherever, like you name it, Tennessee dominated. Defensively, I mean, that's where Pitt is. That's Pitt's strong suit. And Tennessee still was the more dominant defense. Like They were just the better team all the way around. The only reason this game was close is because Tennessee, I think, had, if I'm not wrong, they had two muffed punts. Correct me if I'm wrong again, but they had at least one muffed punt that was like inside the 20 that gave Pitt like a free touchdown. They had a fumble, um, and I th- I'm pretty sure Hendon Hooker threw an interception. They had a lot of like weird, fluky turnovers that I just would never expect to see out of this Tennessee team. And that's the only reason this game was even close. So you think um, Tennessee is going to do think, something this season? I think Tennessee is big shit. I think they're hot shit. I think they're super underrated. Um, and I think they should have blown Pitt out by like 20 points in this game. And those fluky plays are the only thing that kept this game like even close, let alone overtime. Like This game going into overtime, if you told me that was going to happen... I would have asked you what you were smoking, dude, because there's no way <laughs> that this game was going to be close. But um, those fluky plays, dude, they can make or change a game. Well, talking about fluky plays, that was the sexiest hurdle I've ever seen in a college football game. Uh, probably be the sexiest play of the season. Please prove me wrong, college football, because when I watched that live, I just got so unbelievably hyped that football was back. So. Thank you, tight end from Pitt, for giving me a crazy fun play to watch. Uh, what else you got? Um, that's it for week two. Let's go ahead and get into some of the week three picks, and I'll do some analysis on those as well. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go in order of conviction here. So my top pick for this week is Oklahoma minus 10 against Nebraska. To be honest, I have no idea why this line is minus 10. I've seen it in minus 11, minus 10 and a half. It's a little bit jumpy, but... It makes no sense to me that it's minus 10. I mean, we're talking about Oklahoma. This is a team that has proven themselves the past two weeks in a row. But even aside from that, this is a program that proves themselves and dominates every single year. And they're playing against a Nebraska team that does the exact opposite. <laughs> like <laughs> Nebraska, every single year, nobody has any expectations of them. And then they live up to exactly what was expected, which is just, they're just kind of sh- a shitty, like bottom tier Big Ten team that doesn't really ever produce. Um, it's still going to be a big boy game, though, right? It's. I mean, yeah, on paper, like this is a big boy game, Oklahoma versus Nebraska. There's like some rivalry there for sure. But we're talking about Oklahoma, who the, at the helm has Dylan Gabriel. And Dylan Gabriel, to me, is a dominant quarterback. He comes over from UCF, and I love that Oklahoma took Dylan Gabriel from UCF because 
Yes, he was in a good system there, and they were high-powered there. He put up a lot of points there, but UCF is never going to be anything. They're in a shit conference. They're a shit team overall. Um, yeah, I just UCF is trash, and Dylan Gabriel deserves better. And I think he's getting exactly what he deserves here, being put on this Oklahoma team. This legendary program, now they have a guy who can actually run this shit. Fuck Spencer Rattler. So glad they ditched him. This is a way better bet to make in terms of if you're Oklahoma as a program to bet on Dylan Gabriel as opposed to Spencer Rattler. I mean, this guy is just, he's the real deal. Um, he won the newcomer to the Big 12 award or whatever the hell it's called last week. Bullshit award. Bullshit award. Yeah, I'll give you that. But he he played for it. He, he did earn that shit. It's, it's hard to come into a new system, especially as a quarterback. And just dominate the way he did. So I'm super high on Dylan Gabriel. Super high on Oklahoma. And Nebraska is just kind of in shambles. Um, They have no identity. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know. Like, they're just kind of winging it every game. It almost feels like they don't even have a fucking playbook. Like, they just kind of go out there and, like, scrimmage. They got a bunch of blind faith fans, though. So A lot of blind faith fans. And they, they do have talent. So, like... Obviously, they have a playbook. Like it was a joke that they don't. But if they went out there without a playbook, they could still score points just because of how much talent they do have. But they're just an absolute mess of a team, and for that reason, I think they're an easy fade here. I think Oklahoma should be minus fourteen. Right. So that's my strongest conviction pick for this week. Number two pick. What you got? Uh, number two, I'm taking Mississippi State here against LSU. I'm going to go ahead and let you get pissed off of me before I break it down. Yeah, so I spent four years in New Orleans and watched LSU become the greatest football team that's ever played. I understand they all play in the NFL now, but if you were down in New Orleans or Louisiana during that year, you're going to be an LSU fan for life. So just like we're sitting on these Florida Gators chairs, I'm sitting on my LSU team. I think I'd take that bet all day, but these are your picks, not mine, because I'm shit at college football picks. Yeah, so, I mean, Troy's bias for LSU aside, I mean, they're a decent team. They lost pretty much everybody, as you all know, I'm sure, to the NFL during the Joe Burrow season, and they've been in rebuild mode ever since. And, yeah, that was one of the most legendary seasons of college football I've ever seen, if not the single-handedly most legendary season like by any quarterback, by any team as a whole, it was incredible. But that still doesn't change the fact that right now, like who is this team? I don't know. They don't know. They're super confused. They don't have a dominant quarterback. They have some playmakers, but they don't know like how to utilize them. And it's one thing, like, like if you have a big arsenal of weapons, you have a closet full of weapons, but you've never shot a gun, what the hell are you going to do with them? And that's kind of like where I feel like where LSU is at, where they've got a lot of talent, but they just don't have a system for it. Like they they don't know what to do with these guys. Um, So you see flashes of greatness from this team, but it's just not there yet. And I think that's why, even though they're a slight favorite, that's why Mississippi State is the favorite. Um, And then if you want to talk about Mississippi State, just real quickly, they have been pretty dominant so far. They've looked really good. They've played good teams and they've put out Good performances so far. Wins and covers in both games, I believe. Will Rogers looks great. He's been in this system. He knows this system. He's been the captain of this offense, and he's powerful and commanding. 
when he's out there, this guy knows what he's doing. Um, I'm actually pissed that I haven't backed them yet this year. And I'm looking to take advantage of this line to back them. They've been so heavily favored that I haven't had the chance to back them. But at minus two, minus three, depending on your book, I think this is a steal. Will Rogers and this Mississippi State offense, I think, will dominate LSU, who is super weak defensively. Um, And if you want to talk defense, the Mississippi State defense is like probably top three, maybe top five in the SEC. So, I mean, this is to me. On paper, a matchup that should be like Mississippi State minus seven, least minus three. So if you're catching them at minus two, for me, that's a steal. And I think the only reason it's even that close is because this game is at LSU. So you're going to have a lot of crowd energy and like a lot of LSU fan involvement. Um, But I think Mississippi State pulls away with the dub. So uh, for next week, whoever loses that, I'm taking LSU. Going to buy a case of hard seltzer for the winner, Crypto Tivo. Do you agree on that? You're saying me versus you, you want to bet a case of claws on LSU versus Mississippi State? Yeah, I'll take just straight money line. All right, so next week, Troy's going to be giving me a case of claws after Mississippi State blows LSU the fuck out. That's a bet. I'm done with that. I'll take that bet. All right, who's your third pick for this week? Number three, um, I'm going to take Ole Miss here. Ole Miss is minus 16 against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, I just haven't seen anything. I know they've been a good team in years past, but this year I've not seen anything impressive. Um, Ole Miss has been surprisingly impressive to me, and that's why they're ranked number 20 right now. I know a lot of people think they don't deserve that ranking, and that you could argue that they're kind of in LSU mode to where they just lost Matt Corral to the NFL, um, as well as a few other guys. And they're a little bit in rebuild mode and they're kind of in shambles. I get that. But this multi-quarterback system that they're using that a lot of other teams are struggling with, they're kind of the one team that it's working for. So I like Dart a lot. I think he should be the starter. But either way, um, both quarterbacks have been producing. And when either one is on the field, I don't have like a lot of anxiety. Like I feel pretty confident in both of these guys. Um, so I think Ole Miss can cover this number, especially against a shoddy at best Georgia Tech defense. Um, and the Ole Miss defense should absolutely dominate the Georgia Tech offense. I mean, I can't name one guy, and that's pretty rare, on the Georgia Tech offense that I would consider like a factor or a guy that I'm worried about. Like I can't name anybody who concerns me. So I think Mississippi uh, should be probably like minus 17, maybe even minus 20. So at minus 16, where I'm getting them, I'll take that all day. All right, good luck on that one. Number four pick for the week? Um, Let's see, last one of the week, I'm going to take Rutgers. This is at the bottom of my list of picks because it is my lowest conviction pick. Um, Rutgers just hasn't really played anybody other than Boston College, and they managed to eke that win out, which is pretty surprising to me. Boston College looked in control the whole time. But Rutgers is just one of those teams where they're so confusing offensively in a good way if you're a fan, in a bad way if you're playing against them. Like you just have no idea what they're going to do. They have two quarterbacks, like three running backs. Uh, They come out in, in the weirdest offensive sets. Like if you're trying to play defense against this team, good fucking luck. And I'm not even talking about scheme wise. 
Like if you're on the field and you see Rutgers line up, you're like, what the hell is this? Like you just don't know what they're going to do. And they somehow always do something that surprises you. They can throw the ball. They can run the ball. They've got firepower. So it's not a team like I, like I talked about the other teams with a lot of confidence. I really like Oklahoma. I really like Mississippi State. I really like Ole Miss. Those are all great programs and all teams that I love this week. Rutgers, I don't think is a great program. And they're not a team that I'm really high on in general, but I like them this week. And that's because the spread is only minus 17 and they're playing Temple, who I think is maybe like the worst team in college football, like just so fucking bad. It's like, I'm sorry if you're a Temple fan and I'm shocked if there are any Temple fans, but if you do exist, I'm sorry, but your team is just fucking embarrassing. And I think Rutgers deserves more credit than minus 17. I just think that's such a low number that I can't leave it on the table. So I'm taking Rutgers minus 17 over this atrocious Temple team. That no one has heard of. And I don't even know where Temple is. I don't either. Who gives a fuck? I mean, they're so bad. I know where they are on the field, and that's pretty much like on their asses, though. So... (laughs) Well, I think we should wrap this podcast up talking about Alabama and their connection to Vegas because winning by one point when the spread was 21 is pretty terrible, but I think they should have lost that game outright. Winning with a game with drive down the field for that field goal at the end of the game felt like them just keeping that ranking afloat, and really I don't think they deserved it. I mean, they might be a pretty good team, but I don't think they're the team that, you know, Alabama is all about yeah i mean the roll tide rolls teams that's what they do like they roll teams by 20 30 40 points we saw them do it for like forever like this is the most dominant program in all of football history and they come out against their first real potentially like decent opponent in texas i'm not going to say good because texas is not good and that's why the spread was minus 21 And then Alabama just embarrasses themselves and like barely ekes out that one point win in like the last minute of the game. Super uncharacteristic of Alabama, but I do think it's a little bit predictive of Alabama. I think they got kind of exposed there. This offense doesn't have the weapons that they typically do, or at least if they do, they don't know how to use them yet. And Texas exposed that. So to me, if you would ask me before that game, I would have told you to take Roll Tide, minus 21. I thought they would roll Texas, especially with Texas having their backup quarterback in. I, I just thought that was going to be an absolute blowout. But I didn't touch that game because I just I didn't know enough about Alabama yet. Now I know enough about Alabama, I feel like. That game was like just such a, um, a telltale sign of where Alabama is at in terms of their struggles. And like Bryce Young is a stud, but is that going to be enough? That's where Alabama stands right now. And that game was just absolutely crazy. I I can't believe how bad they played. Yeah, it was hard to watch. I was watching two Alabama fans at the bar, and they were pretty much losing it the whole game because they spent the last 10, 12 years just winning all the time. So it's a tough pill to swallow when your team all of a sudden becomes not so great. Yeah, and the worst part about it is like, probably a lot of people who listen to this are fans of an SEC team because SEC dominates everybody else. If you're a fan of any SEC team, you hate Bama. You wanted them to lose that game <laughs> so fucking bad. And they should have lost that game. They they played so bad. 
And they were losing that game up until I want to say like 40 seconds were left until they put up that drive for the field goal. Yeah. But um, like every SEC fan in the world, like I'm a Florida fan, obviously wanted Bama to lose that game. And it's so it was heartbreaking the way that they won it. If you're uh, an SEC fan, because now Alabama is going to remain number one, probably, which is bullshit. Like they almost got knocked off in week two. That would have been the shit, dude, if they got knocked off so early. But it would have made they, college football great again, to be honest, if Alabama it, got knocked off in week two. It would have been amazing for not only the SEC, but yeah, all of college football for Bama to just be like put in their place early on. That would have been the shit, but didn't happen. So it is what it is. All right, I think that wraps it up for Crypto Tebow and for Food Fight Troy. Catch y'all next week. Deuces, y'all.